Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by TheLines.com. I'm your host for the week, Nate Weitzer, joined by our special guest, Mo Nawara, you know from TheLines.com. Uh, and we're coming off a nice three in one night here on Tuesday. Only the Bucks spoiled the sweep as they did get over 120 in a beatdown of the Hornets. Moving on to a six game slate here on Wednesday. Kind of a weird leap year situation, Mo, where there's more games on Thursday than Wednesday coming up. But we got plenty to choose from here. And uh, as always, like and subscribe. We're bringing you these videos every single weekday through the regular season and postseason. Head to thelines.com for all the best odds and best articles um, on your money here. Mo, what is your first pick for this six-game slate? First one I went with, I went with the Pelicans plus five and a half. Uh, I was a little surprised how large the spread was. I know it's a tough spot here because they are playing a high-paced team on the back half of a back-to-back after beating what was left of the Knicks yesterday. Um, (laughs) I don't think they went that hard in that game. You know, I I think if they played hard in that game, they probably could have won it by 30. Um, They kind of just treaded water until the fourth quarter and then uh, finished blowing out the Knicks with a dominating fourth quarter. They won by 10 or something like that. Um, So, yeah, I don't think they expended a ton of energy in that first game. I, I know that the Pacers are a tough team to play on a back-to-back because they are the highest-paced team in the NBA, but I just still can't get this high on the line. I, I mean, this line is basically telling me these teams are about even. I can't really get there. There's more than three points of differential between these teams, so... I'm not seeing how the line should be this high. I thought it should be closer to like three. Uh, I I know CJ McCollum is out here, but he's been part of a lineup for the Pelicans that just like hasn't done any damage for them, really. Um, This starting lineup is just meh. And CJ himself is like roughly even uh, differential on the season. So, you know, they plugged in Trey Murphy for the game yesterday he went bananas so as long as trey murphy can be healthy and productive you know he honestly might be a better complementary piece to uh zion and bi uh, than mccollum i know mccollum has the spacing aspect but but trey can shoot the ball obviously too and and uh, more helpful on defense and, and doing other things so I, I went with the plus five and a half here yeah, I mean, and a better two-way player is Trey Murphy for sure. Um, yeah, not the same Pacers team that we've seen earlier in the season in terms of pace and and space with with Siakam in there. I was I was actually going to hit this same idea here, but just to take the Pelicans on the money line because they're so up and down. It's like they could easily lose by fifteen. They could easily win this game by fifteen. It it doesn't seem to matter any sort of trend with them. They're just a complete yo-yo team. Uh, but you do like the fact that they got some rest, that, that Zion played less than 30 uh, last night because the Knicks were shorthanded. And, and Ingram getting over a little bit of an illness, like he could have a big game against this Pacers front court, which is just just pretty woeful defensively. And they can do a good job throwing different guys uh, at Halliburton, who still doesn't seem to be fully right. So, yeah, I, I like the look there. I'm going to go with the Mavs here for the first pick. They are also on a back-to-back Spread creeping up minus two and a half right now. 
slight chance Luca doesn't play as he's dealing with the face and the ankle injury, whatever. But uh, I mean, nothing to indicate that he's going to sit. And if he does, I, I mean, Kyrie is is carrying right now. Um, I, I mean, he's been fantastic when when he has to, when Luca's out or or limited in any way. And and the Mavs are deep. This is like a direct Jason Kidd quote. Is like we have depth for the first time in years, uh, and he has different guys to throw at. Specifically, he has actual defenders to throw at teams with Gafford and Washington now in the mix. So their last nine overall, their fourth in opponent field goal defense, seventh in free throw attempts, last six with the bigs, uh, eighth in defensive rating overall and defensive rebounding, fourth in opponents' paint points. And you're facing a Raptors team that I don't think we can buy into at all, despite the fact that they've won three straight here out of the all-star break. I mean, basically beat the, uh, the, the Hawks without, with Trey getting injured mid game, which is just completely throw a wrench in that they beat the Pacers who were on a back to back and Halliburton basically couldn't go full speed. And they beat the, uh, the broken Brooklyn Nets. It, you look at their last eight overall at home, offensive rating of one Oh nine. They're two and six straight up in February. They are bottom five in paint points, second chance, defensive rating, second worst three-point uh, attempts allowed, which, you know, for Dallas, if Luka hit on back-to-backs, his usage dips, but he hands out 11 assists per game. He's just going to be spraying the ball all over four shooters that they have all over the court here. Kyrie, he's only played three back-to-backs, but he's shooting 46% from three, getting 27 points a game. So, like I said, he will pick up the slack. And Jakob Pertl is questionable. They've lost nine of their last 11 without him have the Raptors. So I, I think they'll be pretty woeful defensively if they don't have him as well. Yeah, I I do like some Mavericks things. We'll talk about that later with player props. Um, Luca, I, I guess my main concern here would just be the minutes that Luca and, and, and Kyrie played. Uh, in the last game, they rode them very hard, 40 minutes apiece. But yeah, uh, Pirtle makes a big difference for uh, Toronto. He gives a very large boost to their defense uh, compared to when he's off the court. And that was even more true last year. So uh, all basically a multi-year sample of their defense being much, much weaker without uh, Pirtle. So I think that's pretty bad. I wouldn't expect him to go. So that that's huge in this spot. Um, and yeah, that, that would, that would be my main concern would be the the minutes if Luca and, and Kyrie are exhausted since they played so many minutes and took so many shots, I think it was like 24 and 29 for them. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think Toronto is, is much either though. I'm with you there. So, uh, I, I thought this line was like pretty fair. Uh, but yeah, if Luca goes and he plays well, the Mavs should probably cover this. Yeah, and I will say on that note that the last back-to-back for for the Mavs, they the, Luca and Kyrie both played combined for 71 points, and they rolled, again, the broken Brooklyn Nets. So take that with a grain of salt. But, I, I mean, that they, they're at least willing to ride those guys on back-to-backs. Like, they don't have much, much wiggle room in the standings here. Now d- drop down to eighth with back-to-back losses and Golden State charging on them. So, uh, yeah, that's that's part of the motivation there. And what do you got here for our last pick, our second pick of the day for you? Um, so I went with the Nuggets minus seven and a half. They do come into this one in a good spot situationally, unlike the Pelicans. Uh, so they have an extra day of rest here versus Sacramento. Um, Sacramento, uh, neither team is back to backing, but Sacramento is playing their third and four, and 
the Nuggets have two days of rest. And when you're talking about the Nuggets home court specifically, especially, I think these small things can be a little bit magnified in, in those spots. Um, they've really struggled with the Kings this year, though. Uh, the Kings have swept them so far, won all three matchups. Uh, but, you know, Jamal Murray missed one of those, and two of them, I, I mean, one of them was in December, so I'm not too worried about it. But they do seem to have some trouble with the Kings so far. But the Nuggets, I, I watched that game against Golden State. They looked good, man. I, I think that they've kind of been going 80% speed this year. And, and they might be picking up some steam second half of the season as they get ready for the playoffs. I thought they played much better uh, against the Warriors. And the Warriors have been playing legitimately good ball. Like, And the Nuggets just carved them up, especially in the second half. Uh, just a machine running their stuff. And uh, yeah, the, the Dubs didn't have much of a shot. And you have De'Aaron Fox here also a little bit banged up. I mean, I can only assume he's going to go. But given the situational spot, you know, and this line basically saying the Nuggets are maybe couple, two, three points better than the Kings. I think that's a little shy, man. I, I really think the Nuggets can turn it on when they want to and, and are starting to uh, round into better form here. I agree with the futures markets, which still think the Nuggets are one of, if not the strongest team in the West um, with this starting lineup. So as long as uh, Murray is good to go, which he seems fine at this point. Uh, I do like the Nuggets a bit here. I thought this line should have been honestly closer to double digits. I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but they, they do have a nice situational edge and the Nuggets are a better team than the Kings. I mean, the Kings have a negative differential on the season. This team is confounding my uh, futures bet here, which uh, I did fire Kings no playoffs, which I think is a very good bet. And yeah, I should be in better shape than I am, but uh, still got a shot. Yeah, I mean, the spread already seems kind of big to me. I don't know if I agree with that with the plus 10. Like, I think the Nuggets win this game, but I, I think the Kings are going to hang around here. I would look at maybe some of the player performance doubles. Like you said, Murray, it seems like the market's a little low on him because he was dealing with the soreness, but for him to have 20 in a win is even money at FanDuel. That that seems like a, a, a better way to game this than the spread. Maybe I, the Nuggets could easily pull off the revenge here after back-to-back -back losses to the Kings. Both were situational, though, like totally going into the all-star break on cruise control asleep. And and then, yeah, I do see the narrative where they come back and, and lay the smack down on the Kings at home. Uh, so I, I could see it. I just I think the, the seven and a half is kind of big, uh, in my opinion, but. Uh, last pick for me, Lakers. Let's let's say half the unit here between the money line plus one thirty five and the Lakers to just score one seventeen on this Clippers D, which is struggling right now. Uh, Clippers in February allowing one eighteen a game, and they just lost Paul George. And in their first game without him, they they gave up one twenty three to these Kings, who were kind of struggling, uh, and just were absolutely crushed in terms of offensive rebounds, paint points. DeMontis Sabonis stuff. And now Anthony Davis, I like to just kind of continue that with the Lakers on a, on a two day rest situation. AD has been great. Uh, I will put him in player props here to go score 25 in the win for the Lakers. Uh, the, the clips have a 121 defensive rating now in four without PG this season. Overall, I mean, even with him, they were, they were allowing the fifth most O-Rebs in, in February, bottom 10 in terms of three points 
allowed uh, the only teams to go below 117 against them, the Grizz, the Pistons, and the Heat. So that, that tells you what you need to know here. The Lakers are obviously playing much better than those teams on offense. They can speed it up here on two days rest. This season, they're plus 6.2 to the over when they have that extra rest. They're averaging 120 with or without LeBron since the start of January, averaging 125 in their last six at a one-on-one pace. So I think they'll kind of dictate that pace a little more, try to speed it up with with LeBron and AD, getting some extra rest, and uh, just be able to score on this Clippers team. That, that The defense is just not going to be the same without PG because not only does that take away a, a key wing defender, it makes Kawhi do more on offense. He has less energy for defense, uh, et cetera. It's just kind of a domino effect where I think the Clips are, are really missing him, going to miss him on that end. Yeah, really interesting matchup here with uh, no Paul George. Um, I thought the line was pretty fair, but I could see where you're coming from on this one with the defense because the Clippers just have uh, not not a lot of size, you know, and uh, not not a lot of size, and and the size they do have isn't all that imposing. I, I don't think Zubac is scaring anybody, you know, and and. I think we're going to get some more Russell Westbrook minutes here. So that plays into your favor here, both in terms of pace and Clippers defense, I think. And then uh, similar with Norman Powell, I, I don't think he's a very impressive player on defense, played a ton of minutes in the last game, uh, basically taking Paul George's place in the starting lineup uh, and, and a guy who likes to run as well. So uh, I, I do think the Lakers, I could see this one, one seeing some points for sure. Um, there could be some lineup things happening for the Lakers as well. It looks like Cam Reddish might play. <laughs> that would be bad, I think, but uh, probably not that many minutes. So uh, it should be all right for you. Yeah, they're they're using Rui a lot more, which has been great for them on both sides. And, and Dinwiddie, even though he hasn't been scoring, has been a nice stabilizing force for them. Yeah, good point mentioning Powell because he is not the same kind of defender as Paul George by any means. So if if you like the game total, it, it's moved down a little bit, uh, down to 235. It, you could take that and just trust that the Clippers are also going to score here. We are moving on. Anthony Davis is the first pick for me here. 25 points, uh, and that that's even money. I'll take 25 points in the win for the Lakers at a quarter unit for plus 260. Uh, I think the Lake I, I mentioned in the best bets why I like the Lakers a little bit here. Two days rest. But the numbers for Anthony Davis jump off the page when you talk about two days rest this season, 30 points per game, 30% usage in an eight game sample versus a normal one day rest situation, 24 and a half, 26% usage Clippers. They are a smaller team for sure. They are missing Paul George, which is going to have a bit of a domino effect on their defense. His last three ADs scored 25 a game on just 22% usage against this Lakers team, Clippers team. And I think the usage should be up given this, the the knowledge that the, the Clips are just struggling to guard down low. They were just kind of murdered by the Kings in the paint in their last loss. Uh, AD has shot 60% and played 41 minutes in those three against the Clips. So obviously they're taking this very seriously, the Lakers, when they get to play this cross town matchup. And his last eight overall, he's gone over in five of eight. Nice 28.5% usage rate in those games. For what it's worth, no Christian Wood or Jared Vanderbilt to steal any of his minutes. And this is the front end of a back-to-back, -back, but Washington is the matchup for the Lakers tomorrow. So I don't think 
they're concerned about playing AD too many minutes here on the front end. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't really think this Clippers interior defense is going to have much for Anthony Davis. I mean, Zubach is fine. Like, I don't think anybody's worried about Zubach. Uh, and then they don't have really much size outside of that. I mean, anytime Zubach isn't on the floor, I mean, if they don't match minutes, I think it could be really rough there. And uh, overall, I think that is where they're going to, the Lakers will look to attack the Clippers. They are below par in terms of efficiency allowed at the rim and in the paint as well. So uh, it is a pretty good matchup for Davis. I would agree. Yep. And bring us to your first pick here on a six game slate. I got a couple rebounding props today. Um, One of them is Luka Doncic over eight and a half. Uh, Like I said, I am a little bit concerned about how many minutes he played 41. I think it was in the first half of this back-to-back, but at the same time, like you said, they are in, they're in a spot where basically every win, every marginal win could be massive because of how, how tight it is in terms of like, you know, like four to eight seed is separated by a couple games. So every win is massive for the Mavs. I, I think there's, if Luca can go, he's going to go. So um, he is averaging eight and eight and a half ish boards on the season. So this is right at his line. You can get plus on the over, but <clears throat> the big thing for me here is just not having Jakob Pertle, uh for Toronto. He is quite helpful for their rebounding. And also <laughs> they have nobody behind him. Basically like since precious Achua is gone. I mean, Toronto basically doesn't have any other centers. Like, Kelly Olynyk is the closest thing, I guess, if you consider him a center. I don't know. He's kind of on the border of a four or five, right? But regardless, he's not out there for his rebounding, you know? So I, I don't know who else is getting a board on either team, to be honest. I, I look uh, across the lineups and it's just like, unless Derek Lively plays a ton of minutes, which he really hasn't been, he's been more like a 25 minute a game guy, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> given how much time he's missed, I'm like, it's it's sad for my fantasy team that he can't play more, but I'm also like, I get it since he's missed like 30% of the team's games. So uh, Toronto below average rebounding team in general, um, I, I think 20th in rebound rate. And that's, you know, with Pirtle obviously. So I think we can probably expect this to be a bottom tier rebounding team. It looks like a bottom tier rebounding team on paper. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Luca just gets one extra rebound here, I think is reasonable, uh, and getting plus money on the over. So it's not like you're paying for it. Yeah. He's, he's been rebounding a lot. I mean, yeah, I see at least eight rebounds in some like 12 of his last 13 here. Uh, and it's interesting on back to backs, his scoring, his usage dips a little bit, but his peripheral stats both go up. And we look at the last two, 10 and 17 versus the Kings triple double 18 and nine against the Nets. So maybe you want rebounds and assists here. You only tack on the nine assists and go 17 and a half. Maybe you want a triple-double bet at plus 420 for Luca. Can I interest in you in some 420, Mo? And uh, my second bet here, I'm going to go back to the well with the Jarrett Allen under on a back-to-back. Uh, he, his, yeah, I haven't seen a guy with like a bigger drop-off on back-to-backs in terms of what the Cavs are doing. Like 
only 28 and a half minutes per game for him in seven back-to-backs this season. Like you said, Dallas and Cleveland played a, a barn burner last night. Lots of guys played a lot of minutes. And in fact, this is the fifth game in six days for Cleveland out of the break. Allen's already played 140 minutes out of the all-star break. So for him to go under 29 and a half PRA is the safest. You can go 27 and a half points rebounds if you want better juice here. But I mean, he's just not really an assist threat, I think, in this situation. Um, because, you know, they have Mobley and Garland back. They have other guys. He did have a random seven assist game against the Bulls in his last three against them. That was with no Mobley, Garland, and Donovan Mitchell. So he was strangely the, the hub of the offense. Still, in his last three against the Bulls, he's averaging 14 points, 13 rebounds. But if you look at his back-to-back numbers, because of that minutes drop, only 14.5 points, only seven rebounds per game this season. The Bulls, I mean, Nikola Vucevic is not a, an individual defender to fear, but the, scheme-wise, they just do is such a good job funneling shots away from the rim, allow the most three-point attempts in the league, allow the third fewest field goal attempts overall, allow the fewest paint points. So it's just like you're not going to get it going down low. They're allowing the fewest offensive rebounds per game by a mile in February and and like top 10 on the season in terms of opponents' rebounds. They don't play very fast. They don't give you many rebounding opportunities. And so I don't see Allen having a huge double-double here or even playing north of 30 minutes in this situation. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, uh, Chicago, not a very imposing team, like you said. But at the same time, it, it the Cavs are a tough team to handicap at overall this year because they've had so many different lineups, so many different injuries. And um, Allen really seems to benefit the most when uh, Mobley is out for sure. Like his numbers get pumped up quite a bit in those spots. Uh, he's just a machine uh, racking up stats when, you know, he's the primary and only big. And then they kind of marry his minutes to uh, Donovan Mitchell's. Right. But yeah, with the bulls, allowing so many threes, you have a Cavs team that is definitely happy to shoot a lot of threes, I think. So unless um, Allen vacuums up, you know, 15 boards or whatever, uh, I I do like this play, I think. Yep. And one more rebounding prop from you, I believe, making Josh proud with with the rebounding numbers. Yeah, I I went with Russell Westbrook over four and a half. So the past game where they didn't have Paul George... The Clips just gave a ton of minutes to Norm Powell. Uh, he played 37 minutes. It didn't go very well. Uh, the starters got killed versus the Kings. I think everyone was like minus 15. Um, Russ had a terrible game himself. Uh, he only played 18 minutes, which is kind of crazy to say. In a game without Paul George, he literally played below his season average by uh, five minutes, which is not a little bit. So I I think he's going to play more minutes in this one. So I I think his markets might be a little bit depressed by that game. And just, uh, I don't think it's factoring in that he's going to have more minutes and more usage basically because he didn't. Right. But I I don't think that's going to be a trend. I think it's probably just because he was playing so bad and Lou was just like, whatever, I'm not going to, you know, force it with Russ when he's playing like this. Uh, And you have a Lakers team that doesn't really rebound the ball that well. They're surprisingly, I mean, I know that's been a strength for this team in the past, but tied for 23rd in rebound rate. Uh, Also 
playing up in pace for Russ in this spot. The Lakers are, I think, top five in pace. Clippers are not. Um, and then, you know, classic revenge factor. So uh, we could see a better Russ game here. And, and I, I think we're going to see more Russ minutes for sure. I'd, I'd be surprised if we didn't. So uh, you can get plus on over four and a half. And uh, yeah, I, I like this one too. Yeah, I like the revenge spot. I mean, he goes for 16 and six in just 18 minutes his last time against the clips. And if he is suddenly thrust into a, a main rotation role because George is out. Yeah. You can definitely expect those numbers to go up. Um, so like the look here, like the picks here overall, we got best bets up in a separate video. We got player props for you. Keep uh, coming back each and every weekday. We'll be bringing you these bets. And until we see you next, happy betting.